right. Hello, and welcome back to I Didn't Read Your Book. I am Lutch, your host, and uh, today our book is The Story Arc by Kellen Fluckiger. I'm going to, again, going to need a pronunciation on that. Um, seemed, hold on here. Sorry, I just woke up. Definitely not doing a lot of uh, early morning uh, uh, interviews anytime soon. I am not a morning person, but wanted to get this interview done um, in the process of making my uh, drink, and I've got five minutes, so let's get into it. So reading the back of the book, tell your story, teach your truth, change the world. Before Kellen created the story arc, each course or book took months to create an outline, and then many more to complete the, fir complete the first draft. This took the better part of a year to create and often remain unfinished. Now, concept through completion of a book took takes 90 days. Even though he created this system for himself, he's taken hundreds of clients through the same process to help him build their products. He's battle-tested everything. He's battle-tested everything in this book. It works. Kellen knows from experience things that will work and and don't work. He shares it all. Stories are the lifeblood of our human culture and memory. In the story arc, Kellen teaches you how to powerfully organize, teach, and motivate with the stories that matter most to us, those, uh, those of our shared heritage and life experience. If you want to learn this craft, then this book is for you. Kellen Fleckiger is the author of numerous number one uh, best-selling books, including The Results Equation and Walking Without Fear. He's a top international business, uh, uh, excuse me, he's a top international per business, performance, and success coach with clients all over the world. He's worked with Super Bowl winners, BMI Music Award winners, and everyone in between. Kellen is also a sought after speaker and performer. So I guess we, uh, I, I didn't know that. Um, I'm just reading this now. So apparently we have someone um, who is uh, got some experience, a little bit of a veteran coming into the game. Maybe uh, teach me a little bit. So I don't actually know what is uh, really in the, the, the book itself. Um, if we go back to the title or excuse me, the, the, the cover, you know, figure out, there we go. The story arc. Um, and that's Kellen there. And, uh, I'm very excited to see what, uh, what this is. Cause I, I fancy myself a, uh, storyteller and, uh, definitely got shit that I want to get done. So seems right to me. All right, and Kellen, there you are. Welcome, welcome. I was just saying, I didn't realize we had such a high-profile guest. So uh, thank you for gracing the I Didn't Read Your Book uh, platform. Um, so yeah, we were just talking about, uh, we had just read the back of the story arc um, and uh, piqued my interest a lot because um, you talk both about storytelling and about getting things done and organization. Um, but you know, you didn't, it's not too, uh, particular right on the back of the book. Um, so just diving in, I first want to ask what, what, what's up with the, the, the story arc, how are stories and, uh, organization and productivity, how do you connect those things? Well, thank you. First of all, thanks for having me. And thank you for calling me a high profile guest. Yeah. I guess if you go look at my history. I was an executive for a long time in the United States and Canada. And yes, I've testified before Congress. And yes, I've had a contract with the Queen of England. And wow. yes, I've this, that and the other and a whole bunch of other stuff. The story behind all that, and this goes to story, the story behind all that is nowhere near as exciting as it sounds. Yes, I had high profile positions. Yes, I made a lot of money. But yes, I was also struggling to prove things and living for decades in the pain of the contradictions of depression where I was trying to prove I was okay all the time and behind the scenes wrecking my life and the lives of others around me. So that's a whole nother story uh, that is part of the reason I wrote the story arc. So what I realized in 2007, which is now 13, 14 years, 2008 actually, so 13 years ago, I walked away from that high profile career, all those contracts and all that money. I did it because I was killing myself. I had already attempted suicide a couple of times. 
I had, I was in and out of rehab. And that was despite the fact that just like in a movie, I was holding down unbelievable positions of authority and money and blah, blah, blah. And yet it was easily a movie or two worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was not from a healthy reason. So it wasn't yay me. I realized after I walked away from all that and it was some divine intervention and all kinds of crazy stuff that are all stories. And that story is told in the book, Tightrope of Depression, my journey from darkness, despair and death to light, love and life. In choosing to write that book, I, for the first time in 40 years, ever spoke about any of this stuff. I had never seen a counselor. I had never talked to anyone about my upbringing and my depression and all of that. I didn't even know what it was. I just sort of believed that it was my bad. I suck. Come on, suck it up. You can do better. The kind of same stuff we, the bad stuff that you have around mental issues, right? Uh, The stigma and all the rest. So I decided to write it. And that was in the, you know, 2014, a few years after I'd walked away from that and created a coaching practice only because I knew that in my consulting practice, I was the guy people hired to do impossible stuff. So when I walked away from all that, I said, okay, what do I know how to do? Well, I know how to help people do things that are really hard because they keep getting hired to do that. What is that? Uh, I think that's coaching. Okay, cool. Let's do that. And it had nothing to do with the truth which is about all of our stories. Hmm. And so I realized that the most powerful communication medium we have and have ever had as a society, as a human family, is storytelling. Through thousands of years, all the morals and religion and traditions and hunting practices and everything we do has been conveyed through story and those kinds of conversations. So I became fascinated with that. Joseph Campbell wrote the book, The Hero's Journey, which talks about the seminal sort of storytelling arc that is used in in creating all the interesting movies that we ever have, Star Wars and all of them, right? To follow the hero's journey. So I, I wrote a book about myself. And then I wrote some more books. I wrote some books about meditation and then, I wrote some more books. I wrote a book called The Results Equation, which is a hardcore business book from dream to done in five steps. And then I, you know, I've written, like I said, 13 books. And so I, I finally realized then people, clients who are business and other coaching clients started asking me about, you know, helping them get their material organized. And so I realized that, and they also asked me, how do you write so many books? Because I was never an author. I never planned on being an author. I never fancied myself an author. The 30 years in the other business I was in, I didn't do, I wrote some papers and stuff, but I didn't think about writing a book. And that was sort of the scary thing that somebody does, but not me. And so I didn't think about it. And then I realized that not only did I know how to write and not only did I write well, but I also realized I have, I was developing a system that was made sense. It was powerful and connected well with people uh, in writing books, particularly nonfiction books where people are telling a story and trying to help people learn something or do something, avoid some trouble, do better, you know, that kind of, I guess you'd call it self-help stuff in general. And I realized I had and was teaching and using a formula. So after I did that for many years and ran workshops on how to write books and stuff, I figured, gee, I should write this book. And so I wrote the story arc. And so the story arc is a book designed, and it says on the cover, Practical and Persuasive Magic for Speakers, Authors, and Storytellers. And it is specifically designed for anyone who believes that their set of experiences could be valuable and helpful if recorded and given to the right audience. In other words, I could help somebody with my journey, my experiences, my failures, my successes, whatever it is. 
And this is a process specifically about how to do that, but not just how to do it, but how to do it in a way that draws people in, that creates a connection and creates fertile ground for you to teach them what you have learned and help them implement it. So that's where it came from. And that's the story. Interesting. Interesting. Can, can you talk a little bit more about uh, the, the, the t- I guess, the tenets of the, the, the system? I mean, I don't want to give, you know, give away all your secrets, but, um, you know, I think we all are familiar with uh, storytelling in our own lives. Um, and, and I'm just curious how, you know, uh, uh, some professional of whatever type will come to you and how uh, you use uh, storytelling specifically to help them with, with their, their business or sell their product or uh, whatever it is they come to you for. You bet. So <clears throat> I have uh, had an interesting, sometimes raucous, hidden, then revealed, you know, full of drama and all that. That's the life that I have lived. Uh, you know, secret stints in rehab, hidden here, and, you know, all that sort of, all that stuff. I had bodyguards hired for me at one point because of the decisions I was making. Yeah, company was paying. I was not allowed to fly on a certain, certain planes with certain people. And this, that one of the executives joked at one point, Helen shouldn't be allowed to fly in a plane with himself. I was viewed as that integral to this particular company success wow. and he, you know, said that you know he can't even fly on a plane with himself like and so his bodyguards are hired all that sort of stuff okay so that's interesting and i didn't think so and here is the thing that we do and this is what most people do people i'm not the only one that has had an interesting life Everyone has some more, some less, some with more zeros in their bank, some with less zeros, some with more of this and that. It doesn't really matter. But universally, people come to me and they say, I, I'm, I don't really have anything that exciting. I'm not really that interesting. Nobody would want to know and nobody would listen to me. So here's the story I tell them. <clears throat> A few years ago, after I started on this coaching journey, I went to an event. The event was put on by a guy who is one of the best stage speakers in the world. He's called regularly to speak at the summit of the G7, you know, that Mm. kind of caliber, like best there is. Yeah. And I'd seen him speak a couple of times. His name's Bo Eason. And he played as a professional football player for the Houston Oilers and tells a story about that. Yeah, the name from somewhere. Bo Eason. Yeah, he played with the Oilers. All right. So. And he's in the Hall of Fame and all kinds of stuff. And he's a, he's a runt. I mean, he's a little guy. No business being in the NFL, right? And that's the story. But that was part of the story, right? And so I saw him a couple of times. And one time was a really, one time he just did. He did a Broadway play, a one-man play for 1,200 times. Like he spent over 20,000 hours on stage performing. So, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours to be an expert at something. Mm-hmm. Like he has double that literally in performance on stage. So when I say he's the best there is, like, yeah. Okay, so he's there telling this story about his stuff. The second time I saw him, he not only told story and everything else, but then he spent another whole hour and a half teaching the audience how to take it apart and what to do and everything else. It's super valuable. My takeaway from that event, and then he was selling an event, a three-day event where he's going to teach and stuff, and a lot of people bought it, but I didn't, and here's why. I got mad. I was sitting in the audience angry. And I, I was in, I was emotional. I was in tears and I stomped out of the meeting. And here's why I said, well, if I had a story like that, I could <laughs> do that too. But me, I got nothing. Hmm. And I stomped out of the audience, angry and in tears, thinking I could do that. But he had the unfair advantage because he had a story. When I tell people to that, to tell people who are my clients who know me and have read some of my books and stuff like that, that story, they laugh at me and they look at me and say, you're out of your mind. (laughs) Your story is incredible. It's easily as good as whatever, fill in the blank. But my feeling at the moment was I got nothing. And that's what I said. In tears, stomping out of the auditorium, me, I got nothing. So the key piece of the story arc to start with well there's a whole bunch of pieces and i always draw rainbow because it's an arc 
And I draw rainbow because you start with your person here at the beginning. And by the time you get them to the end, you have to give them or help them find what's at the end of a rainbow. Pot of gold. Pot of gold. So you have to paint that picture and help them walk that journey to get the pot of Definitely. gold. So that's how I felt. And so my first piece of work with a person is to ask them enough questions and then point out to them, reflect back to them what they're telling me so that they can begin to see they have a story. They have something worth the effort and time. So that's the very first thing is to start with that. I will say you are a very good storyteller. I, uh, very, I, I could definitely imagine myself in that, uh, in that hall and, and feeling that same type of way. Uh, and I'm, as I'm sure you know, many people do that, well, yeah, if that happened to me, I could just talk about it and, and, and be great. Uh, but I don't have that. And, and I guess what you're saying is that that's, that's the furthest from the truth that even as much as we could feel like our lives are just mundane and boring that, that inherently each of us has that story. I've never met a person who, if I haven't talked to them for a couple of hours and they're willing to talk to me and tell the truth, and I'm really good at getting people to talk, I've never met anyone that doesn't have a story that they could use to create value, use as a centerpiece of a business if they wanted to. I mean, everybody doesn't have to do that. People, some people don't want to, but those that want to, that feel the call to help other people and to do stuff. I've never met anybody that I haven't talked to for a couple hours when I don't point out this and this and this and this and say, do you think there would be some people that would want to know how you this or how you that? And, 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 and you've made this and you made one guy said, ah, oh, boring life. And I've, you know, I'm married to the same woman for 35 years and I've worked here. And I stopped him and I said, do you know how many people would like the secret? of learning to stay in a relationship for 35 years. I've been married and divorced three times. I married my fourth <laughs> time. And that was a divine thing. I said, I suck, I suck at that. I had depression and addictions and everything else and a bunch of reasons, but I still sucked at it. So like, what do you mean you don't have anything? Yeah, I, I completely agree because, you know, when you're, when you're saying this, what it makes me think of is, um, you know, talking to, uh, to my parents. And um, so, you know, a uh, uh, couple of different things that my parents do that like would play really well with social media, but, you know, them being the typical boomers, they're like, oh, I don't know how to do any of, any of that. And um, like, for instance, my, my mom does uh, home staging and uh, interior design. I'm like, that's perfect for Instagram and for YouTube. If you just, you know, do a little of this, a little of that. And she's like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know. And um, I, I, I think it's, you know, I, I, I guess if I, I could give her uh, uh, your book and she would be able to see how exactly, uh, you know, to, to turn that into the story, you know, same thing. My parents have been mar married over 30 years. Um, and um, my dad has a, uh, aside from, from his other job, a, uh, um, a uh, tattoo laser removal practice. And I was doing the, the social media and stuff when it first started gotten a little bigger since then so um we, we handed it off to to uh more professionals um but yeah the the idea to have an online presence with with both of these things and and just in in general that's not something that crossed my parents minds and whether it's online or just getting the message out uh, in any other way i i definitely see what you're saying that that how easy it must be for people to fall into that mindset that that they don't have anything to say and and how false that actually is for for most people you know i had uh before i was doing this show um a couple of years ago with a roommate i was doing another uh podcast called the awe really podcast like plan awe really but it was like a w e like an awe and the, that was the basic concept that you know it was just long form conversational and it was the, the basic concept that if you've lived for some amount of time and we just sit down and talk, surely there's something that you have to say. And I mean, you know, ultimately it's, it's not an easy ask to get uh, people to just listen to you sit around and shoot the shit with your friends for, for two hours. So I kind of got had to pivot from there, but definitely I a hundred percent agree with you. Well, it's a fabulous 
tool, it does a bunch of stuff because as soon as a person realizes even to maybe like I got nothing to, well, maybe, maybe that is, that is the first like big pivot, maybe. And then hope lights up. Then, then it goes to, okay, maybe I do, but how do I tell this in a way that's interesting? And so that's the beginning of the story arc because the first third of the story, think, think of it this way. So you get in a cab and you're, you're the passenger, or you, you be the cabbie. I'll get in the cab and I'm a passenger. And you've got something to, you've got something that you could help me with, but you don't know if I need anything. And I'm, I'm preoccupied, maybe I'm frustrated or whatever. So I sit in the back of the cab and I don't really wanna talk. I'm just kind of sitting there. Okay, cool. Now it's a long drive. And so maybe a couple of things start a little piece of conversation here. And you realize that you really could help me. And so you're sitting there wondering what to do to get me to move from here in the back of the seat, slumped and lost in my own thoughts to leaning up with my elbow on the passenger seat engaged <laughs> in conversation with you right. that movement right from here to here is everything yeah okay and so how so, do you get there <laughs> so that's the thing so you you have to learn to tell stories that are relevant to your passenger that are relevant and you only can do that by first asking questions and then if you do the pre-work and this is the first part of the work in the story arc is a sheet in there called a personal development story or your developmental story. Like you became the person who could help me because you've had a set of experiences, like some set of experiences you've had, things you've learned, stuff you that happened to you or you saw or whatever that made you know, excuse me, I could help that person if I could just, okay. So learning to identify the event and then learning to tell the story of those events in a non, look at me, I'm cool, but in an interesting way, creates what's called rapport. And you know what that means. You create that emotional connection. So you don't try to teach me anything. The first thing you do is say, well, you know, it sounds like this. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if this would help, but or I don't know if this is interesting, but you know, and then you tell some story about something that happened and you're not trying to teach me anything. You're just telling me a story about something, but you've picked those stories ahead of time when you're writing a book or creating a course, because you know, based on who you're trying to sell that course to, like who would be the reader? Mm -hmm. Okay. What stories have I had that would make them want to listen to me? So let's get a little meta here for a second, because you're, you're, you're speaking my language, because we are doing that right now. The, the, the idea behind this show is what, you know, who is Kellen and, and what, you know, if, if he's saying he has storytelling and, and stuff, who is this person? And, and that, you know, is, is getting the person from here to, to, to here. And then also in terms of, uh, you know, you and I speaking, I'm also in that process of wanting to uh, get that message out. And, and this, again, this podcast is a platform for me to, to go from that, that uh, uh, initial place where I just have everything in my head to, uh, you know, eventually I, I, I would like, I would love to be an author. Um, and, but I just, again, don't know how exactly to get out you know, I have a lot of ideas and, and opinions and stuff, but I don't really have it organized. And and so you're, you're you're speaking right up my alley. So if we can get a little meta, it's it's really cool what you're talking about. And and I feel like it's I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's playing out in real time right now. Of course it is. That's the reason. So for example, 
So, so if I dissect what I've been doing, that's the reason I told the story of how the story art came to be mm-hmm. and my own journey through what would have appeared to be very off-putting to some people as a high profile had it made person and then said, yeah, but really behind the scenes, this, that, and the other, it was to create the sense in both you and your listener that holy crap, nothing's ever like it seems. I wonder what else is going on here. Maybe I should look at that book. I wonder what that story is. So yeah. that was intentional. And the, the reason is for someone to say, and, and I'm, I don't even care. So let me be really clear. Kellen doesn't care about selling books and he doesn't care about selling anything. I have a sign on my wall. That's how I run my business. And this is co- true to the core. I never look for clients. I look for people to love opportunities to serve and problems to solve. You say it one more time? I never look for clients. I look for people to love. Opportunities to serve and problems to solve. That's beautiful. I find in doing that, and it is absolutely true, I never enter a conversation wondering or hoping someone will hire me for anything. I look for people to love, which is everybody. Opportunities to serve, which I can truly do if I learn a little about them, because otherwise I might bring a gluten intolerant person a bowl of pasta, (laughs) which would not be helpful. So I need to know a little about them before I can truly do something that serves them. And problems to solve comes after we've shared enough experience together that I know something that's really bothering you. And then I can see if there's something I really have that might help. And from that place, doing business is like breathing. You have a real problem. You know, I understand it because we've been talking about it for a long time, maybe one or two or three conversations. I've offered you some solution ideas and you're like, wow, this could really help. Can we do this more? Yeah, and then, see how that works. This is how I work with people as a coach. And then it just becomes more, not about business and about anything, but just about human interaction, I, I suppose. It's, it's the next logical ah. thing. Well, they know I run a business, I'm a coach. So yes, I do. This kind of helping is what I do for folks. Have we done anything so far? Yeah, you've helped me see this and that. This is great. Cool. People, I never say, would you like to hire me or anything like right. that? People always say to me, what does it look like if we keep going? Mm-hmm. And that's a, I, I mean, I, I can't think, you know, the, the, uh, I'm, I'm a, uh, a private dog trainer in, uh, for, you know, what I do for a living. And, um, you know, I can, uh, that's exactly the type of mentality you have to, you have to take with, um, you know, especially when you're going into people's homes. It's one thing, you know, I used to be a trainer at Petco where people are coming into, to you for, you know, for, you know, they're coming into a store for, for the purposes of, you know, a purchase. But when you walk into someone's home, even if it's for that same service, when you walk into someone's home, it's a very different vibe. And, you, you know, I don't, uh, you know, the idea of the, the business end is, is a ve- not only a very small part of, uh, you know, like we, we would do an evaluation and, you know, we would talk about what's going on with your dog, how long have you had them, any experience going on, what, what's going on. And that way we could determine, okay, so based on all that, this is what I think will work. And it can be, uh, you know, our, our, our company is, is not as, is definitely not as cheap as a, uh, a Petco, but people appreciate that because of exactly the things that you're talking about. Because, you know, they're willing to spend the money, not because we're simply asking for it, but because we're presenting what we are offering in return and, and they want it and they're, they're, they're seeking it. And uh, I, I think that's a very important part of not just, you know, business, but, but interacting with people in general. I think there's a, especially in, uh, you know, as a millennial, I'm 31, I'm, I'm, in, in my generation, it seems like the, the, the opportunistic uh, uh, interaction is, is far more common than anything that has any substance or any, anything genuine to it. And it's, it's, it's sad, you know, that's part of the reason why, why I started uh, that first podcast, aside from wanting to, to uh, organize my ideas, is just that people don't, people my age don't talk anymore. And, you know, we're, we're on social media all the time. 
but the way you, you know, the way you interact there is not the same as, as, you know, now we're doing it here, but, but at the time, you know, I, I was sitting, uh, uh, you know, a few feet from, from someone and we're, you know, we would share drinks, you get a, a little tipsy and get into, into life and, 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 and what we think about the bigger things. And, and, um, you know, as you said, every, everybody has a story. And, um, so I, I don't want to, I, 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 uh, I see that you have, you, you've got a, a wealth of, of work. Um, and I, uh, this is super, super interesting to me. Um, but you had mentioned some, some other things I want to get into what, uh, what other kinds of work you do, because if this is just one pocket of, of what you do, I, I, I can't imagine, um, what else is out there. So, so what else do you do? I only do one thing. The one thing that I do is I help each person who's willing and you'd be surprised how hard it is to be willing, connect with who they truly are and give in to the feeling of the desire we all have to serve and to do good with our gifts and talents. So what I mean by that is it sounds a little woo-woo and a little weird. Mm -hmm. And if you knew my career in energy, I supervised a million PhD engineers and it was hardcore, you know, I was a math major and everything else, the furthest from this. <laughs> but what I've discovered is if someone wants to make more money in their business, the most important thing is to work on how they show up every day for themselves, their attitude, their thinking, their expectations, their beliefs about what's possible. That is the single largest determinant of your ability to create a business, to grow a business, to market a business, to close deals, and every other hardcore aspect of business comes back to who you choose to be. And by that, I mean how you just how you prepare yourself, how you think, how you feel, what you expect, what you believe. And so helping people create a powerful statement of who they want to be in the world, decide how that shows up, create a morning ritual to prepare themselves. All of that is preparatory. I had a guy that was a pharmacy owner and he wanted to double his business. And I said, okay, great. So why would someone come to you as a pharmacist instead of the big boxes? He'd been a manager of a, or the head pharmacist at a big store for a number of years. And then he opened a, his own store. It was a franchise, but a medicine shop, which is a small, just pharmacy only. And finally, he, ah, he didn't know. And he couldn't tell me. And oh, he was getting mad at me. And we were grinding on what is it that makes you different? And finally, he blurted out one day, I believe healthcare should be relationship based and not transactional. I said, okay, I can sell that all day. <laughs> we, we can sell that all day. Now, how do you want to let people know that? And what it came down to and ties into the beginning is, he realized that unless he let people know, which means social media, which means being in different places, that he couldn't let people know his affinity for transaction base because word of mouth only with people that came in the store would grow, but it would be a slow trajectory. So if he wanted to increase the trajectory, he had to increase the number of people he was in front of. It turns out that he was afraid and was being discouraged by his wife to do anything on social media because for some reason in some social context, it was bragging and this and that and the other. And none of it true, but all stories in his head about what it represented. And as soon as we got him past that, he was on television, he did a bunch of stuff, he doubled his business and everything else. But it all came down to who he chose to be. And it's that way every single time, I don't care what business you're in. Hmm. And you've described it with your dog training business. Hmm. You've chosen to be a person who in a gentle way goes into the energy of a home, accommodates that energy, listens to people, understands what they truly want, gets them to talk about what they're worried about, about their dog, because they're this, that, and the other, or maybe nothing's wrong yet, but they want to get them off on a good foot or whatever the answer is. And you've chosen the path of listening to that, working with them, and then being in um, alignment with their goals and helping them achieve that in that sort of energetic congruity instead of a person that goes in and says, I'm a freaking dog trainer. I know how to do this. Get out of the way and I'll fix your dog which is a different way you could be and your success is 100% dependent on that distinction. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So it sounds like, it sounds like, you know, cause I'm trying to nail down 
what 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 do you do? I talk you know, to people. And and yeah, it seems like there is not necessarily one thing. It's it's because each person is so unique and individual. It is whatever it is. And 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 again, bringing it back to uh, to my own life with, with with the dog training, we don't um, have a you know. It's not like we have the puppy program and the separation anxiety program and, and whatever, we just, uh, you know, we, we, we first do the evaluation and, and that is based, you know, the, the, the training package is based on you and your dog and your situation and, and everything. And so, uh, which, which can be, you know, uh, as I'm trying to, to nail down exactly uh, uh, what, what, you know, get a, a clear answer from you, I can, I can, uh, mirror the people who are saying, okay, so how long is this going to take? Or uh, what, 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 you know, what's the cost of this? And I guess, you know, the equivalent is, well, I, I, it, it depends on what, uh, you know, what you're experiencing. It depends on what you need. And so I have my, a really my, clear answer to that. I don't have a curriculum. You are the curriculum. What is it that you want to have done a year from now? How do you want to be? Tell me what your life is like a year from now. Tell me what your dog is like a year from now or six months from now. You know, I, I just ask them and I won't, well, I don't know. I just want to have more peace and harm. You know, what does that look like? If you want to fix your relationship, what do you want to hear your partner say to you that will demonstrate that the relationship is where you want? Like, and who do you need to be in order for them to say that? Do you want to be that? Who do you need to be in order for people to be just dying to come into your store or ringing your phone off the hook for dog training? It isn't complicated. And when people ask how much I charge, I tell them I charge a lot. And the reason I charge a lot, I'm very expensive. And the reason I'm very expensive is because if I'm not, I don't have your attention. And if you're not in this all in, then I'm not your coach. Go for, there's plenty of mediocre coaches that'll go out there and take your money and everything else. And I'm not your guy. Don't, don't do this because if you work with me, we're going to do stuff and you're going to hold yourself accountable and you're going to make something happen. You mind if I steal that? I'm not your coach. You mind if I steal that for my uh, evaluations? No, you go right ahead. I, awesome. I am not, I don't, I don't even pretend about that. I, I charge, I mean, I'll tell you, your, your engagement with $75,000. So I charge $75,000 for a year. And if someone says that's a lot, and I'll say, well, what's it worth to you? What, yeah. Like, what do you want to get done? Yeah. Why do you charge so much? I don't need your money. I charge it because what I need is your attention. Right. And that, come, the, the, that goes back to a, something that I learned very young. Uh, when, um, I was in, I was always in bands as a kid, you know, rock metal and, and doing stuff. And, you learn very quickly that if you stand outside the venue where some other band is playing and you give away your CDs, people will toss them. You charge them 50 cents or a dollar. And just the fact that they've made an investment uh, is going to, now, of course, this is a crappy uh, just demo CD from some teenager, not, not your work, not to, not to compare the two, of course. Um, but, but the idea of making the investment and, and, and another example is, you know, I've had, um, you know, a little bit, I, I think of a, a paradigm shift in, in the past year, um, in, in just, uh, you know, just the, the, the way that I look at the world and, and my role and, and, um, uh, you know, without getting too specific, just like the typical, what you would think of as the tip, typical millennial entitlement mindset where uh, I thought I was hedging against that, I, I you know, uh, uh, reflected a little more and found some ways that maybe I, I, I was still feeling entitled in ways that I, I, I wasn't entitled. And, and um, for example, someone, uh, so, you know, I, I, uh, I was talking to, to someone about, you know, just getting, getting my shit in order. And um, they were like, well, uh, and, you know, I'm a short guy, I'm 5'4". And uh, the the person asked, "How much do you pay your your uh, your personal trainer?" I was like, I don't, I don't have a personal trainer. It's like, well, why not? And you know, I was like, well, I figure, you know, do if I want to start working out, I'll do start doing a couple push ups, and then you know, whatever. Like, no, 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 you got to do this so that you 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 have an investment that it's it's you know you 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 throw away your time, but when you have your money in it, then it's a very different uh, a very different thing, and. Um, you know, I haven't signed up for the gym yet, but the, uh, the, 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 the point stuck and I uh, definitely plan to. Well, so that's, and I don't, 
say, I mean, just now to you, I said it really loud, but I'm it's just really clear. If you're not really willing to invest yourself, then what that's telling me is you don't believe you can do this or you're not sure you really want it. And I, you're allowed to do that. You don't need to believe in yourself and you don't have to really want it. But then I'm certainly not your coach because I'm right. only, I'm working with Olympic athletes. I'm working with people who are really ready to end addiction to mediocrity. Are you ready to go? One of my clients was a Super Bowl winner. I mean, like, so on a team that won. So, so it's like, yeah, you want to do that? Okay. Then, yeah, I'm your guy. If you're done with yeah. mediocrity, then, okay, let's, let's talk about what you want to achieve. And then we'll talk about who you need to be to have that. And so what, what do you, what is a, I'm, I'm, if I had to guess, I would say the biggest, uh, you know, or the most common um, thing that holds people back is just the the I guess the, the stick to itiveness and the 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 dedication to uh, you know what whatever it takes. I know at least for me, like yeah, I I would love to be a big buff dude, but the you know just getting up early for this was was uh, you know I was running late, and um, it's it's uh, it's about how much do you want it. And, 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 and you're right, it, you know, um, I, this was, a, a lot of this advice was in the context of, of girls. You know, I had a, a, a bad breakup, I was thinking about things all, all wrong, and I had a guy kind of set me straight. And, uh, but the, the, the point is, well, do you really want to, you know, this is, this is what it, it takes if you want to, you know, be, be competitive in the dating market. And, and I was like, oh, okay, I thought I could just, you know, be, be uh, into cool music and be a nice guy. And then uh, it's like, no, nah, man, there's athletes that are, that are on Tinder, the same girls that are next door, uh, you know, next door to you, they don't give a shit about you. And uh, so it's, it's really about like, well, okay, how much do I really want to put into this? And then the other side of it is, well, you know, how comfortable am I just, you know, hanging out, making, you know, do, doing my hobbies, making some money, putting it away. Maybe, maybe that's something that I'm not interested in right now. And, and, and there will come a time when I'm like, okay, now I, I wanna be dedicated to this. Now I'm in the position to put that money down and, 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 and take that step. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, everything that you're saying is, is, is at least helping, helping me figure all this out as, as I'm going. I'm, I'm filtering all my stuff through it and I, I'm sure everybody listening uh, is doing the same. Very interesting. Well, it's, it's just a question of what you want. And you, you sitting there right now can have anything you want. People ask me, they come to me wherever they are in their circumstance, whatever money they make, whatever relationship they have, whatever physical shape, whatever there is, that's today. And they want something else. It's up here. They want to be over here. There is a path. There is a path from where you are to where you want to be. The only question is, do you want to walk it? Are you willing to do the work? like Michael Phelps, the big decorated Olympian, won more gold medals than any Olympian ever in the universe. He gave an, an interview after his 2012 Olympics, which was his second to last one. And one of the things he talked about was how many times his coach caught him trying to sneak out the back of the gym, not do, not do workouts and stuff because it, you know, it, was, it was hard. It was funny because I had a client who's a retired physician who lives in Baltimore and he, um, showed me, he took me under the freeway and behind somewhere to the gym where Michael Phelps trained. And it's very difficult to find, like, unless you know where it is, you wouldn't find it, right? And it doesn't have a big sign over Michael Phelps trained here, but his whole, the point, point of his thing, although I did hear he bought a stake in it, now he owns part of it. But anyway, he, he even said, you know, even at that level, he needed the accountability to stay focused and stay on track for the goals he knew he wanted, but in the moment was having trouble remembering that he wanted. I, I think of coaching as the people encouragement business, the reminder business. You've told me this is important. It's normal for you to have a day, a week where you forget and you say, I don't wanna do that. And then, you know, we have conversation. And so how I work, I talk to people. I remind them who they are. I find examples and books and videos and other things that I think will help them remember who they are and what they said they wanted so they can go do the things that are required. You're pumping me up, man. Um, I, uh, the, so I, I want to I 
pivot a little bit because everything that you're saying is like I'm saying, you're pumping me up. And this is, you know, not only just in the, the dog training, this is, you know, that, that's something I'm passionate about because I, you know, I just, I like doing it. I like helping people. I like bringing that, you know, with my own dog, when uh, he's, you probably saw him running around, he's, uh, he just turned 11. And when I first got him, I was in college. I didn't know any, anything about dogs. And um, so at first, you know, there was just always someone for him to hang out with. And then, you know, when I moved out and, and it was just uh, like me and him and a roommate, it, it required a little bit more. And I never really trained him. And I would get, you know, I get very angry. And that's what I was like, okay, yelling at this little 15 pound dog clearly isn't helping. And that's what, you know, got me down this, this, this whole road. Um, and, and so being able to, to be that for other people and, and cut out that, that period of, of, of uh, you know, just being overwhelmed and not knowing what to do is, is uh, something I, I like doing, but it's, it's also, you know, I, I also am looking uh, uh, bigger and uh, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to be like you. I want to be the kind of person who has, who has something to say and, and, and knows how to say it because I do know that I have something to say. And, and part of this, this process with the, the old podcast, with this podcast, with just, you know, figuring my, my, my shit out in general has been a, a, a long process in determining what steps to take to get closer to that. Um, and so uh, the, well, what I want to throw to you is, what kind of things, you know, you, you talked a little bit about your past, but what, you know, uh, you know, obviously you can, you can, you can talk the talk now, um, but a lot of people can talk well. And I'm just interested in what kinds of things that you went through in your life that, that, that gave you this wisdom. So I spent uh, from my early teens to my early fifties, 40 years in a state of, uh, untreated, undiagnosed major depressive disorder. That caused me to hate myself all the time, to hide. I didn't know how to feel any emotions at all. I pretended everything. I learned to be a pathological liar. I said whatever I needed to say in order to get by, and it just so happened I was blessed with a really good memory, so I never got caught in terms of you said this, you said that. That's not a skill that needs to be developed, but I did. And so I was, uh, I, I created success business-wise because I thought I was supposed to, and I was trying to get my mom's approval, who was the person who administered what today would be felony child abuse when I was a kid. I'm, no, I'm serious, would be. I would have been take, removed from the home. Um, in those days, it was just strict discipline. So I, I internalized the message that I'm not good enough and never will be, and I spent all of my life from 13 to 53 trying to get that approval. I did it by getting big jobs. I did it by making a lot of money behind the scenes. I hated myself. I didn't know how to be a good person. I didn't know how to love anyone. I'd never seen it demonstrated. So I got married, had kids, I got divorced. Uh, I have 10 children that are all mine. Uh, none of them are stepkids. And even to this day, after my recovery and everything that changed for me starting in 2008, which is now 13 years ago when I got sober and fix everything. I've got kids that still don't talk to me. So I have lots of work to do for the first two years after I got sober. They didn't believe me that I even they still thought I was hiding and using because I'd done that so well forever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all of that work, but none of it bothers me anymore. That used to dry. I used to hate myself and everything else because I've discovered the fundamental truth which is you can create your life any way you want. So why would I choose to live a life of unhappiness and frustration and negativity reflecting on what I missed and didn't do and everything else and miss the opportunity to serve here now going forward? Here now today, here so now with you in this conversation, in the next one I'm gonna have, and I'm writing a chapter in a book for a lady that's publishing a book called Overcoming Heart Blocks. And that's a book about trauma. And she has a whole bunch of contributors and I just agreed to do it because she's had me speak at a number of her summits. And so she asked me to write a chapter and I have to finish that today. And so I'm gonna do that. And, but I'm doing it because I'm hoping, expecting, believing that someone will be helped in their own journey to say, you know what? I, I've had enough. It's time for me to, to do what I'm feeling instead of think about what mm. I'm feeling. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely sorry to hear about uh, your childhood. I definitely didn't experience anything uh, to that degree, but a lot of, a lot of, you know, what drives me today is also, you know, a lack of, lack of what I lacked when I was a childhood, uh, when I was a, a child too. Um, and, and, you know, that, 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 uh, that, that love, that structure of love. And, um, you know, not to, not to put down my parents, they were, they were, they were great in their own ways, but, uh, you know, we, we just had very cultural, uh, big cultural differences that, that came into it. Um, uh, happy to say nothing that, uh, uh, you know, uh, of course that you experience. but, um, so if, if I were to, you know, if I were to just play devil's advocate, then what do you say to somebody who is, is watching this and it's like, well, this guy, this guy made every mistake in the book. Why should I listen to him? You shouldn't. You should learn to listen to your own intuition. You should learn to connect with and trust the divine source in yourself. Most people don't do that. They listen to all the external influences, what others say, what others think, what others want them to do. And they never truly connect with and develop their own divine gifts. Right, and but if they're, they're already, already doing, doing that, that if they're already doing that and you can help them to, to see that within themselves, but they're, they're, uh, they, 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 uh, they are taking that perspective that, oh, well, this, guy, they, this guy must not know what he's talking about. Clearly, I mean, to me, uh, it, it seems quite obvious that you're, very, you're a very wise man with Here's and, what and I would learn say. from these things. This is really easy. It's not even a difficult question. I would say, look, let's just talk. And if in the process of talking makes you feel more empowered, more determined, and better, then there might be something to do here. If in the process of our conversation you don't feel those things, then it wouldn't make sense. So you don't. Uh, you don't, don't. So you don't claim any, to. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't claim what. Yeah. So you don't. Uh, you you don't claim to necessarily uh, uh, have all the answers. You just have. Um, a, a method that can can that can help anyone who who chooses to employ it is is, is that uh, accurate? No, it's sort of accurate. I don't okay. claim to have all the answers. That part is absolutely hundred percent right. <laughs> okay. What you, what I would say is you already have the answers. So did I? You have not not you you but you whoever you might be generally have not learned to trust and act powerfully on your own answers and intuition. If you were, we wouldn't be talking about the doubts and fears that you have. Now, I may not be the right person to help you through those. That's okay. My deepest encouragement for you would be to find if you have doubts and fears that are keeping you from being your best self, keeping you from being true to the thing you see yourself becoming then find the right person to help you get that way. Nobody got to the podium alone. Okay, if you're being, if I'm the wrong guy, I've had a guy tell me at lunch one time, we were at an event and we were having lunch and we talked and you know, he, he after lunch, he said, man, I'm glad you're not my coach. Because I was too, uh, for him, <clears throat> I was too direct and too clear about things that could happen to, to grow. And he wanted something more squishy and, mm -hmm. you know, touchy feely. Well, I'm balls to the wall or don't bother. Yeah. And I make no excuses or bones about that. And if I'm not your guy, fine, go find the right one. I, 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 I like that a lot. And I'll, I'll tell you how that struck me. I go in, uh, you know, bringing it back to the dog training. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I work for a company. Um, and uh, so, so I, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, best of both worlds. I, you know, I just, I make my own schedule. I go see my clients and, and whatever, but I, I work under uh, a, a company. So having always, you know, and I, and before this, I've always worked for, for other companies, mostly uh, in corporate jobs. And there was always um, uh, a, you know, there was always a, a boss to please. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that uh, while I, I'm definitely good at, at uh, you know, doing whatever uh, it, it is to the best of my ability. Um, the boss I have now is, is would hear what you have just said and, and definitely, definitely uh, agree in terms of even his business. What I mean by that is don't go into these evaluations and try to say that you can 
you can solve anything and you can do anything and, and, and this, that, and the other. But when you listen and you, you uh, uh, take in the, the information and just determine that you genuinely can help, that, that that's what it's about because you, you are confident in that aspect of, oh, this is something that I can handle. This is something that I, I know where, where to take it. And, and again, just talking specifically about the dogs, when you have, uh, you know, when I'm doing an evaluation and I can see certain patterns of what this is going to look like, obviously I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the dog, um, but I can take on that client knowing that I'm, I'm able, that, that's in my wheelhouse and trusting my own abilities that we can, we can, we can do this. That's, that's, very, that's a very interesting thing because I've, I've more so, maybe I haven't realized how much I've been going into it thinking about, okay, I got to make a sale. And, and while, you know, even though I'm, I'm consciously thinking, this is not about the money, this is about, you know, helping these people and, and, you know, just, just as a, as a matter of, you know, a mindset to sell, but uh, it seems like maybe I need to take a step back, even further back from that. Do you, do, do, does it sound like I'm on the right track? You don't need to do anything. This is a choice we all get to make. And this is how, well, why I say everything is about how you choose to show up in the world. So if you choose to show up on the doorstep of every prospect that comes into the company you work for and simply go in there loving the dog ahead of time, no matter what's happened to them and no matter how they act, and that energy of love for their animal comes through and you can show them in that time that momentary responsiveness because the animals can feel they will know what you bring to them and closing the deal will be incidental mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah that that that's 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 what i was getting at that's a better way to put it that's very interesting but I want the, the point I want to make for you and your listeners is just a matter of you yeah. choosing how you're going to show up. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for, for, further to addressing listeners, you know, this is this is me working out my uh, things here. But, you know, for, for whatever it is that you do, it might not be exactly the, the same process that you're seeing me go through right now. But uh, uh, um, Kellen, I'm sure you would, you uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but this process of, of stripping away the, 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 the walls that you've built up for whatever reason, and just letting, your, letting yourself be in, uh, you know, in, in that moment and, and uh, uh, absorb, you know, be authentic, I guess. As, as, as long as you're authentically in that moment, you will either you know, you either are a, a good match for, for, again, bring it back to my specific situation. You either are a good match and, and the, the sale will be incidental or we're not a good match and that's okay. So that's how I, uh, that's how clients come. I don't care if they're not a good match. In fact, my parting thought is I hope they find the right person for them. I really do. Because if they have come to me yearning to be better and for some reason, whatever reason, uh, it, it doesn't feel like they're ready or they won't, they're not ready right now, or they don't uh, mesh with the style or the conversation. Still want what's uh, best for them. I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same, same thing. Cause uh, again, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes the, the, the idea of, okay, yes, we're expensive because we, you, you know, we, we want to make sure you're into the, the, the fact is obviously everybody doesn't, doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't have the, the the money to just you know put all of that into to uh, you know whatever the case may be whether it's uh, whether it's your work or my work um, uh, and the that's okay so when you know when people hear uh, uh, you know we we go through the thing and they see me interacting with their dogs and they're like oh I'd love to do this and I name the price and they're just like oh whoa that's way out of our our price range or uh, you know whatever it is and I, I still I'm like okay well you know you know, you have my number, please, you know, if I'm, I'm still here to, to help you, if you just, you know, had a question or something, because I, you know, I, I genuinely, I genuinely do care. And so, I guess so that, in, ter uh, in terms of that thing, there are a couple things that I do that are, that, that's, so I told you what the price is for a year long private coaching engagement, but I run groups. So I'm starting on September 11th, for example, a group for people who want to write books. 
And the cost of that group is much, it's 90 days. And it starts with a workshop on Saturday, the 11th, and then goes on for 90 days to help people get the first draft of their book written. And the tuition for that is only $2,500. So I do other things for specific purposes. Sometimes I run small groups. I have two group coaching programs running right now. And the tuition for those is about $3,500. So there's, there's levels of things that I do to help people who are trying to do something who either can't or can't afford to go into private coaching right now, or they have a short-term goal and they want to do something. So I use the book, The Results Equation and run 90-day group programs. So I have lots of different ways of doing that. Plus I put out a ton of free stuff for people and I direct them to it. I have a YouTube channel with a few hundred videos and I talk on my Facebook wall about stuff because my goal is really to do what I said, help people choose who they're being consciously and then- And we'll link that down below. Okay. Um, yeah, awesome. So um, how, how, when, did you, when did you write your first book? 2009. 2009. So that was the, 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 the genesis of, of all of this. And what, what was it that, you know, without a, a workshop, workshop like yours, what was it that, that helped you, you know, to, to get that process done? Uh, coming from from being this person that that uh, you know wasn't, wasn't very competent. <laughs> I wanted to the first book I wrote. I wrote a five volume series on meditation. I I began my coaching practice teaching meditation, which I had done all my life since I was a teenager, and probably was the only reason I lived through all of it. Um, is <clears throat> because I did have a a meditation practice during the rough years. It was on again, off again, but regular otherwise and i just decided to create a course on meditation in the process of that course i wrote a series of five books uh, about meditation and its application to health healing and wellness learning in the creative process developing spirituality and personal achievement and so and and then an introductory volume teaching Hmm. meditation so that was i wrote all five of those in 2009 uh, in order to create that course to sell Then I didn't write anything until 2014, so it's a few years, when I wrote uh, Tightrope of Depression, which is the book about myself. And that was the beginning, 13 and 14, was the beginning of my, actually, that's when I wrote a book I published. I had another book I started at the same time as meditation that I have never finished, probably never will. It's, it's like really long by now, but it was the, the beginnings of the story arc. I was t- practicing the telling of stories and recording the, the things that I call developmental story things in this journal type book thing, which grew to be you know, hundreds of pages long. And so I was, I was working on that. I finally then wrote Tightrope in uh, 13, 14, and 15. Then I developed a you know, better process. And so the books have come a lot faster than I'm working on six right now, the two of which will be done this year, two next year, and wow. two or three the year after that. So Quite prolific. So how many, how many publishings do you have in total? I have 13 done right now, and I have six underway. Wow. That's impressive. That's impressive. I, um, well, I mean, we've been going for about an hour. I feel like I could talk to you all day and, and I, you know, you, you mentioned tightrope again, and I would love to, uh, have you back on to specifically talk more maybe about, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, um, uh, but if, uh, you know, this, this has been, um, fantastic, just, you know, even, uh, if, if this wasn't being recorded, if this was just you and me, uh, it would have been great. So I really appreciate, uh, you coming on the, uh, the platform to talk. I really appreciate, um, all of your wisdom, um, and uh, any any uh, closing words, and 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 uh, where can people find you, and um, social media, websites, all of that kind yes. of stuff. So my my name is unusual, Kellen Flukiger. You do have to spell it right. www.kellenflukiger.com is my website. Um, <clears throat> I'm active on Facebook. Uh, I have several hundred YouTube videos. My channel isn't very organized. I'm doing a concert tomorrow night to debut uh, six new songs and stories from Tightrope. So about that issue that you just talked about with the two books I wrote about my 
depression journey, Tightrope of Depression and Down from the Gallows. I also composed an album with each one of original music of 11 songs, that's 22 total. Tomorrow night, I'm gonna be on for an hour. I just put the link in the chat. <clears throat> okay, I'll post that. Um, that it, it's free, but it is again, with the idea of service to those who have any struggle with not necessarily depression, but the idea that they're not good enough, they can't, they won't, sort of that feeling about how to get past that. And I'm using the events and stories from Tightrope plus songs uh, to, um, to talk about that. So that's, uh, so Facebook, my email is uh, coachkellenflukiger at gmail.com. I'm pretty available on social media. Awesome. Uh, and we'll have, yeah, we'll have all that, uh, all that stuff Facebook linked. Messenger, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, we'll have all that stuff linked. Well, uh, again, thank you so, so much uh, for coming on. Um, it, uh, I, I definitely would love to have you back um, if you, if uh, you'd like to come and um, this, yeah, this was great. The, uh, and, and uh, I hope anybody who is uh, listening will uh, go check out either uh, the story arc or the uh, tightrope or any of Kellen's work. Uh, clearly, just from, from talking to him, you can see this is a wise man who has a lot to offer you. And uh, once again, thank you so much. All right. Well, what a pleasant surprise that was. I didn't, uh, I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, you know, uh, I, I had uh, just, we, I had reached out to people on, on Reddit and um, he, he, uh, he answered the call. Um, and I, I did not know that's what we were in for. So that was really, really cool. There was a lot of stuff there that um, immediately I can definitely uh, take into my, my, you know, personal life, my work life and, and, you know, apply it immediately, which I love. Um, and, uh, so definitely, uh, uh, Kellen Flukiger, uh, and his, uh, book, the story arc, uh, he's also got tight, tightrope along with 20 other titles. So, uh, definitely check him out and, um, thank you for coming back to, I didn't read your book. This was another episode and I am let your host, please like subscribe, rate, comment, all of that good stuff. And I will see you next time.